Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is nobody today because it's a solo run. Having some fun talking with a uh, really good friend of mine, so we'll get right to that real soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. If you want to get a hold of us, you can do so by sending us an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. You can find us on all social media. Well, I mean, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual suspects when it comes down to that. And, of course, go to BJGeekNation.com to get all of our podcasts, more information, and uh, all of that fun stuff. Articles and uh, all the neat things that keep us going and having some fun on the geekdom. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this. And uh, today is a very special day because you know how much I love tabletop RPGs, one of my favorite things is to spend some time in a whole new world. Sometimes it's that high fantasy of Dungeons and Dragons. Sometimes you have a little bit of a lower fantasy when it comes down to maybe something uh, less magical and a little bit more down to earth or maybe the big post-apocalyptic wasteland like something like Fallout and sometimes those go and I mean they even have that for tabletop RPGs now. Lots of different ways to go about it. One of the ones that isn't always so explored is space. Uh, Space is a massive place where no one can hear you scream if you're an alien or a xenomorph when it comes down to all of that fun stuff. But... Other than Starfinder and then also what Space Jammer back in the day, there hasn't been a whole lot of stuff and nothing that's been curated towards the virtual tabletop quite like this next project. It's out now. It's for Roll20 and I've got Mr. James Intercasso to talk with me about the new tabletop RPG called Burn Bright. With me today is a person actually that I've had on uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, to be perfectly honest, James Intercasso with uh, the last time we talked, it was about your Kickstarter for Fantastic Layers, which was the boss battles and the climactic encounters. First off, congratulations on getting fully funded on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, uh, that was a wild, wild ride. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun being here with Mike Shea last time, too. That was awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I mean, it was it was great because I'm really excited for anything that goes along with RPGs. And when you put out this, I know that you started with kind of a modest goal of $15,000, and you completely exceeded that so much that didn't you hit, like, every single stretch goal that you had put out there or even planned to do? Yeah, yeah, we we did. Uh, so the book is going to be 23 layers now. The, the original book was 10, right? <laughs> so we got an extra uh, more more than doubled the size there uh, uh, of the book. Um, and uh, and the last three layers were all stuff that we had the backers vote on. So, um, you know, the, the whole point was like, what kind of monster is in this layer? And so we had the backers pick and they picked a werewolf frost giant. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, an Aboleth uh, and a Rakshasa. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. That werewolf frost giant is gonna be a doozy, I think. <laughs> yeah, like it. So like uh, like you, it, that just it, it it's hurting my brain. I like seriously, like just like trying to like put those ones together. And when you talked previously, it was I think it was like a vampire frost giant as well. Like where do you even go with that? Yeah, so we we do. We have a vampire giant in the book, too. Um, And it's funny because we we had the vampire giant already, right? And 
then when we were voting, somebody suggested a a werewolf frost giant, and we were like, "Is this too many? Is like, are we making giant <laughs> Twilight now? You know." Uh, <laughs> and uh but overwhelmingly that was that was number one choice everybody was like this is cool we want this too we want this too so uh and mike shea is uh is big on werewolves and vampires so he said you know i, I really want to write this one i really so uh yeah so that that one had to happen it, it was destiny and i really <laughs> do want to make it so that like you know there's a plot hook there where the dm can have them fall in love if you want oh to, right? there you but- go there you go man i don't even want to try to get into the intricacies of all of that um but one of the things that uh you had even kind of just briefly mentioned and i mean like uh mike was really about how much like you are you're a constant rpg workhorse and you had made allusions to something that you were doing and working on that you were hoping to be able to talk about in july well Sure enough, it's July, and just last week you uh, released with Roll Twenty a a sci-fi RPG, which is um, pretty amazing in terms of just the scope and scale of what you're doing, called Burn Bright, and uh, for Roll Twenty exclusively. Tell us a little bit about uh, Burn Bright, man. Yeah, so so burn bright and bright is spelled B R Y T E. Uh, just in case anybody's out there <laughs> trying to trying to Google uh, the um and and uh, it's this thing that came about a while back because uh so over three years ago I was working with Roll Twenty and I had finished up a starter adventure for them. It's a D and D adventure called The Master's Vault where. Um, you know, it's free on Roll20. It teaches you how to use Roll20 and how to play D&D. Oh, nice. That's kind of the idea behind it, right? And they said, we're, we're looking to do more original content, but we really want to do our own system that kind of shows off Roll20. And uh, this was with Nolan T. Jones, who's the CEO of Roll20. He said, I think, you know, sci-fi is kind of where my heart is. Do you like sci-fi? And I said, yeah, you know, I do. And uh, and so we we sort of kicked around some ideas and we came up with this idea of uh, me and the the design team, which is a guy named Jim McClure, uh, a woman named Kat Cool and a woman named Darcy Ross. Uh, we all together came up with this idea that uh, like. The Big Bang is r- slowly reversing itself, oh, I right? Know, yeah. And now there is this thing called the burn that surrounds the last galaxy in existence. And it is uh, like eating up planets as it slowly encircles and closes in on the galaxy, right? Um, and that's where where the idea came from. It's very, I would say it's it's very science fantasy, right? There's a lot of like magic yeah. in the world and magic runs technology and spaceships and stuff like that. So that's where it all comes from. Um, mostly because I am not an astrophysicist, right? Like I'm not going <laughs> to... I don't know if you've ever watched The Expanse or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I that's I love The Expanse, but I am not the person who's going to go write that because that is too much math for me to do. Right? <laughs> and uh, I've talked with a lot of friends who've done a lot of uh, like technical fantasy and stuff like that, getting into the crunch of all of that. But I just love like the epic scope in terms of like even like like the Star Wars esque version of science fantasy as opposed to the nuts and bolts of it, because 
uh, as a DM, you don't necessarily want to have to uh, uh, constantly go back to the 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 minutia of all of it. Unless you're a super crunch person, then I mean, go for it if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, right. And 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 I think that's true for a lot of DMs. I know it's true for for me too, right? And so, like, I one of the things that is is fun about Burn Bright. Um, is, you know, we put a lot of ideas in here and it is a game that you could play at a physical table, but roll 20 makes it very, very easy. So like one of the things is that you roll a lot of dice Mm -hmm. um, and roll 20 can kind of make all the calculations it needs to very fast for you. Um, But there's also, uh, you build a spaceship together. And so like roll 20 lets you have a map, right? where you're like swapping in and out laser cannons and couches and kitchen areas and stuff like that in your, your spaceship that you are building with your friends who are also playing with you because you live in the spaceship, right? You're like uh, Han Solo uh, living on the Millennium Falcon. You get to customize it how you want. That's amazing. And that's one of the things, I mean, especially when you're doing something along the lines of a, a epic space fantasy and you want to do these things, you you have to have a spaceship because you're going from planet to planet. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And the whole point is like, there's this thing that the burn, right. Which is like this orange Aurora Borealis, which is the edge of existence closing in on you. Anything that it touches or goes beyond it disappears forever. Right. So you need to have a way to move away from it. (laughs) And and your spaceship is important for that. Um, and so, and, and the game is really about, right? Like, oh, wow, we're in this terrible situation, right? It's the end of the world, but it's happening slowly. Yeah. That so was- the idea is. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And that was like, uh, I, I've been able to check it out. And you can check it out at Roll20.net. It's up available right now for purchase with all of the different uh, uh, tokens and all the things going on along with it in the bundles. And I just have been able to start getting into the lore of it. And I just having this, this ever-looming, ever-present danger that's going on, it reminded me, and a lot of the things remind me a lot about uh, another one of the things that I've really loved that you've done and worked on, uh, which is the Eberron setting. And so it seems along the same lines of like the Mornland, but in reverse, where this thing is ever evolving and it is the great, I guess, the great DM MacGuffin that can push everything in your story, or it really doesn't necessarily even have to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and like the Mornland, uh, we don't actually say what the cause of the burn is. We provide a bunch of different theories that people in the world have, right? Like in the galaxy, mm-hmm. I think it might be, but we never say this is the right thing um, because we want you to be able to make the story your own. And, and And it's true. You could play the game and just say like the burn is in the background and it's the catalyst for... Uh, a bunch of people uh, who are displaced, um, corporate greed, people trying to like profit on the panic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and people fighting, having wars over territory. Where's the safest place to be right now? It's at the center of the galaxy, and that's constantly changing as the burn closes in on one side, right? Um, and so that's a that's a lot of fun that can be had, and it gives uh, GMs all these different levers to pull and stuff like that. And then the flip side of that is that as a character, you have a great way to tell your GM what story you want to play. Uh, every character takes what's called a story path. 
And a story path is is how you level up, right? There's 40 of them in the book. They have these broad titles like revenge or uh, contest or survival. And then there are five events on there. uh, And the events can have different outcomes, right? Like maybe you lose the contest. Maybe you don't take revenge. You're unsuccessful in it, right? And depending on how each event turns out, you get a little ability. So that's how you engage with the story and advance your character you look at a thing and you say okay i'm on this revenge storyline what's the first thing i need to do is to like uh you know have something to take revenge for and so the gm works that out with you and it happens in story and then you say okay that happened now i you know my skills get better i get a cool ability or that kind of thing that's how that works and it seems like especially with something like this that it's very important and i know a lot of people uh find it very important to have a session zero but it seems like it's it's very needed for something along those lines because you want everyone in at the same time to maybe help collaborate with their stories. Yes, absolutely. Right. Because there there's uh, so many of them and you could end up with somebody's like, well, I want to do a heist scenario and I want to do a, a survival scenario. And it's like, OK, can these things work together? Maybe they can. Maybe they can't. And so we have to figure out how that's going to work, because you all are still a party who works together. And the whole idea is like you're still trying to do good, even in the face of these terrible, uh, hopeless odds. Right. Um, this, this is a story <laughs> about having hope. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with that backdrop of like, however, the, uh, you know, how the apocalypse is going to be happening. And I just love the fact that like everything is ever changing. And so as a GM, like you can be like, oh, well, we're going to do, you know, something in the, uh, a collection. We're going to go out to the, the farthest reaches of, you know, the galaxy, the closest to the burn. And suddenly, you know, you may be on a planet that seems to be safe. And well, maybe not because the burn, it, it doesn't follow any pattern when it's uh, consuming. It might be slow. It might be fast. And then all of a sudden, hey, look at that plot point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it really does put the power in the hands of the group to tell the story they want to tell and, and the GM to say, you know, this moves forward when I need it to, uh, which is a good <laughs> And I, I, I mean, I love the fact, like looking at this, it's super easy just to search for stuff when you're looking at the compendium. Um, but even like just at the table of contents, you have so much information for the GMs, um, for stuff to do between sessions and creating new systems and cultures. You're really kind of leaving it open for a lot of play- people to create their own planets and species and all of that. Yeah. And actually, so the whole idea for the burn uh, came about because. Uh, when when we were sitting down, the design team talking about it, and it was like, oh, wow, a space, you could go anywhere, right? And it was like, wow, that is really daunting. How do we make it so that? Uh, and so we we created this idea of the burn and like, whoa, that's really cool. We We really like that. And then, but we did still want to have blank spots on the map for you to create your own planet that you can come from. That's one of the things you do as a player is you can pick one of the planets that's in the book. um, Or you can say like, you know what, I want to create my own place. And we give you the tools to do that as well and say, this is the kind of place that I'm from. And then we give the GM the tools to say, here are the planets that exist all around this area and, and what you can do with it. Since the the last time we spoke 
And I mean, this entire year 2020, the real focus has been on social distancing and people trying to figure out how to game. And a lot of those times, a lot of people have been uh, going to the virtual tabletops and something with Roll20 that it's its own system, something developed for it. And like you said, you can play it on the tabletop as well, but it's optimized for Roll20. It's got to be it's got to be fun to be able to bring people into a, a whole new system that actually can do a lot of the, the the crunching behind the scenes so you can just plug in the character sheet as you're going along and it'll help you out. Yeah, it's it really, you know, obviously this was not planned to come out during a pandemic. <laughs> um, and and oh, if gosh, I could, yeah. right, I would never have a pandemic. But the fact that uh, so many people are playing online right now, um, it does feel good to be able to say, hey, here's another thing you can try that's built for this thing you're using. Roll20 is free, right? Um, mm-hmm. And Burnbright, uh, there's there's a couple different levels uh, of purchase you can make. There is like a starter kit that comes with pre-gens and a little adventure you can play that you could try out before you buy the whole thing if you want to, to, to you know, so the, the cost to entry is not super, super high. And that's like even like one of the best things about that is that uh, even if you're low on funds, you can figure out how stuff's going on. And it's almost like a try. I don't want to say a try before you buy, but kind of essentially on that end. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Right. Like like we've got a we've got a, a ten dollar version basically of the game that you could go out and and play with and and see if you like it and have a, a night of fun with your friends playing this uh this starter adventure and the other thing is that um you know there there will be more coming so uh we've already uh, uh, announced we haven't announced what specifically or anything but there will be two expansions coming for this thing i know for a fact because they're already written and done um, <laughs> so uh so one is going to be a much longer adventure path um, and then the other one is going to be a, uh, like an expansion that is going to give you more options for monsters and ships and things like that to drop into your game as a GM. That is so cool. And uh, it's been a, a treat for me to be able to. I've used Roll20 for a while, but it's always been on the player side uh, and then getting into it a little bit more now with the DM side. It's it, it seems daunting at first, but once you start getting into it and figuring it out, it's it's not that difficult. And so I just think that if people can, uh, you know, get their hands on it and get it, get into it and, you know, tinker a little bit with it, uh, it's it, it seems very smooth once you get going. Yeah, definitely. And and one of the things that I like about Roll20 and, and I try to stress this to people is like, you don't need to use every single bell and whistle when you sit down to play a roll 20 game if you don't want to, right? You you can just use the maps, you can use whatever. Burnbright does let you uh take advantage of all the bells and whistles, but um you could even start a Burnbright game and and make your your characters on paper sheets if that's more comfortable for you and and roll physical dice if you want to. Like we don't have any weird like a D13 or anything weird <laughs> like that. Um you know, it's it's all normal dice. It's all stuff you could play at the table. It's just that roll 20 is going to facilitate that for you. Uh so so I always say to people like use a virtual table as much as you're comfortable and like Add a new thing in when you feel like it. Be like, okay, you know what? I've been using the dice roller in the character sheet for a while. Now I'm going to try using a map. Let's see how that goes. And once I'm comfortable with that, I'll add in, you know, a card deck or whatever it is and and go from there. 
And a lot of people can get some more information if you just go to burnbright.com, but you can also just go to roll20.net and get a lot of those information. And I know that uh, coming up uh, towards the end of the month, there's going to be a uh, community roundtable um, discussing it a little bit more on twitch.tv uh, slash roll20app. And do you plan on doing any live play podcast or any, or even just like on Twitch, uh, to throw that out there to give people kind of the, to see what's going on with it and get a little bit of a view on that end? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, already up is the first, uh, like the episode zero. So you can watch people make characters uh, for a game. So Celeste Conowich, who is the dungeon master for the Venture Maidens, uh, has put together a great crew of of amazing players. Um, one of the players is Darcy Ross, who was on the design team for oh, Burn perfect. Bright. Yeah. So, uh, so she's there. Uh, a guy named Eugenio Vargas is there. Uh, Jessica Ross is uh, is one of the players, and uh, Nassim Etemad. Who? Uh, so they are all amazing players who have been part of actual plays, who have done a lot of really cool stuff. Um, they had a blast making characters, and then every Thursday night at seven p.m. Pacific time. Uh, they are playing for like the next eight weeks. Uh, it'll be on Twitch and you can also catch up on the Roll20 YouTube channel uh, oh, if you nice. want to see actual play of it happen. So yeah, yeah. And uh, there are more in the works with other actual players and stuff that will be announced. So I would keep your eye on Roll20 um, and they're going to be putting some more previews of content up on the Roll20 blog as well. So there's there's a lot of different ways to check this out. That is that's amazing. Like I just love being able to have all of that access. Even if you like a, again, I know myself. Like looking at new systems, it's always like, oh, am I, can I do this? Am I ready for this? Um, but being able to integrate yourself into the the lore, the systems, or any of that at your own pace really helps out uh, in terms of getting people into it. So uh, kudos on that. Uh, I do have a question in terms of the uh, of the game. Itself and more into the lore of it. Do you have a favorite aspect of uh, of Burn Bright that uh, is just you know your hands down favorite part about it? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. <laughs> so for me, I really love uh, the the playable species are all kind of unique. So the, one of the things about Burn Bright that's a little uh, wacky is that there are no humans, right? You play um, different species and oh. I love them all. I really do love them all. Uh, the, you can be like a, a mech suit, right? Uh, like a sapient <laughs> mech suit that carries its friends around inside of it and, and blasts off into space. Um, uh-huh. You can be a slug that enters dead bodies and like puppets them and, and moves them around <laughs> like oh, a second horrifying uh yeah yeah it's crazy and they're all like they're like what it's all about you know reduce reuse recycle why would you waste these resources um and uh but my favorite is uh there's this species called the rornin and they are when you play the rornin you play a hive of a hundred thousand insects that moves and acts together as like one being good god man uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and so that that for me, I'm like, yes, I, 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 uh, you get to be a swarm. You're, you're kind of amorphous, right? You can change your shape because you're a bunch of different bugs. Yeah, uh, and so that for me is really fun. Now I'm like just like thinking about like the logistics of trying to combat something along those lines because I'm like remembering like the mummy. 
uh, when you see like the big swarm of insects. And like, if you're trying to use any sort of sword or even like a laser gun or any of these things, like, yeah, you might take out a little bit of it, but it doesn't seem to be very effective in any terms of that, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly, right? And so that's, they have powers that let them do stuff like that or let them like divide into two different beings, right? So you can have like two two dudes on a map running around causing havoc and, and stuff like that. So uh, it is a lot of fun uh, to to be a Ronin. That's my personal favorite. But everybody I talk to has a different favorite you know somebody wants to be a big robot somebody wants to be a, a cat person um we've got all kinds of uh uh things so uh weird stuff for everybody um <laughs> including some things that are a little more humanoid in nature and therefore uh maybe a little more familiar if you don't want to jump right into playing a, a corpse slug or a swarm corpse slug but i mean yeah that's the best part too because i mean having the fact that you can't uh, you know, you cannot be a human or I mean, sure, like like the choice is not there. It means like, hey, pick something outside of your comfort zone, because there's a lot of times where I will just straight up go. I'm just going to go with human because it's familiar at this point. And I want to kind of get into it. But I love the fact you're just like, nah, let's get weird right away because we're not in a normal like a normal universe or galaxy or anything like that. Right, exactly, exactly. And I have to give credit to the other designers uh, because that was really, they were like, what about no humans? And I was a little like, ah. and, uh, <laughs> but they really sold me on it, especially when they were like, well, what weird ideas do you have? And I was like, well, how about these these bugs that have a hive mind? And they were like, that's awesome. And I was like, okay. Yeah, uh, like, so that everything is, is out, out there. there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And going back to the, you know, the space fantasy uh, sort of aspect, everything runs on uh, magic, but, and I've seen it termed in the book as, you know, as magic, but it's essentially like um, space magic plasma, because you call it plasma as well. And it's, it's, I love the backstory with what it actually is. You want to go into that a little bit? Yes. Yeah. So plasma, right? Uh, essentially, before there were all of these uh, species that you play as players in the game, um, there were these individuals that are, are referred to as omniscience. Uh, and they're kind of like dragons in the Burn Bright world. Um, and mm. uh, and they they like ran uh, the galaxy and um it's part of the reason why uh, there are so many hab habitable planets, right? They had very much innate command of magic. And so they were able to like move their planets to be in habitable zones around the suns and things like that and, and terraform essentially with magic. And so when these omniscients, uh, they they uh, started to fight with each other. And so many of them retreated underground Um and and slumbered for, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And while they were slumbering, some of them died. Um, and uh, other creatures like see, you know, uh, ruins that were left behind by these civilizations and spells and things like that. And then uh, they start to dig into the ground and they find this liquid called plasma. And plasma is actually the remains of those extremely magical and powerful beings. And now... In the age of the burn bright, um, the uh, the the omniscients who are alive has have uh, have started to burrow back out of the ground too. Oh, so we've geez. got living omniscients <laughs> who are like, 
hey, are you using our remains to power your spaceships and your laser guns? Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> or not so cool. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you might be using, you know, our life essence. And so maybe we're not too happy about that. And again, it's the beauty of like all of this is you can kind of figure that out. But it's. It's like even when you're looking at uh, looking over the book, it's like, no, these wells can literally be anywhere. And this is the driving force of the universe. So this is the one resource, um, a, a lot like Dune in terms of like spice. Uh, this is the one thing that runs everything. So it is one of, if not the biggest commodity. Exactly. Exactly. Right. This is this is the the oil. This is the spice. This is. Uh, you you like hit the nail on the head, right? This is what everybody wants. And guess what? Planets are disappearing at an alarming rate. Yeah. Uh, and so that means a lot of your plasma is getting suddenly taken away. Yeah. And I mean, even if you have the chance to go to a planet that might have this massive abundant source, like, isn't there like a whole planet that's literally just a sea of plasma? Oh, yeah. That planet is awesome. And one of the things about plasma is like it's poison to a lot of people, right? Oh. Kind of like oil or, or that kind of thing. Um, so we get to think about, right, uh, as a DM, what lives in an ocean of basically magic poison, right? I don't know. Something awesome, though. Um, <laughs> and so uh, that can be a lot of fun, too. <laughs> and I even like just the freedom that you're giving GMs to deal with the uh, with the burn. Like you say, yeah, if you're at a planet, you don't know what's going to happen to the planet. You don't know what's going to happen to a star that's nearby. Like the star could just suddenly turn into an acid cloud. Like I just love the fact that you're giving so much freedom for people just to make the most ridiculous apocalyptic things possible yeah exactly and that's the kind of thing that i want to do right that's the that's the kind of thing that i like to play and, and the kinds of stories the design team and i like to tell um and so that is how we ended up in like this like uh we want to be able to tell stories that are really over the top um and fun and like your favorite science fantasy movies uh you know like like thor uh ragnarok and oh, yeah. uh and and Guardians of the Galaxy and Star Wars and things like that. So we want to be able to tell those stories, ha have you have a good time doing it. And all of our mechanics also support that sort of high action, high intensity um, story that we're hoping people tell with this game. Yeah, it, it, the space pulp adventures. It reminds me John Carter of Mars, Flash Gordon, like all of those ones. Yes, ex nailed it. Nailed it. That is exactly <laughs> what we're going. For. I'm really excited to play this or even just watch you guys on uh you know on Twitch to be able to do this. If you want to check it out, go to roll20.net, check out Burnbright B R Y T E and James, where can people uh, check out uh, some of the blogs and all the other things that you've been doing on social media? Yeah, so uh, I am blogging over at worldbuilderblog.com, and Twitter is the best place to hit me up for social media. It's my first name, James, and then my last name, Intercaso, which is I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Uh, and if you search the Burn Bright hashtag, uh, you'll probably find me uh, on Twitter tweeting a lot about Burn Bright. <laughs> that is awesome, because people can also just throw out ideas and uh, get some suggestions from you as well. So I like I, you're. You're just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all of this, because I know how excited you are for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it feels good because it's like it's been 
three uh, more than that years and wow. i am excited to be finally able to to <laughs> shoot my mouth off about it i love it james thank you so much for being on with us and people please check this out this is an amazing space fantasy epic rpg made for roll 20 and thank you thank you for being on with us Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I was really happy to be able to spend some time with James. Again, thank you to James and everyone at the Roll20 team to make this happen. If you guys want to check this out, the best way is just to do a Google search for Burn Bright, B-U-R-N space, B-R-Y-T-E. If you go to Roll20.net, it's another way, fantastic way to find out more information about it. If you want to get into the space and the galaxies and the multiverses of Burn Burn Bright. Check it out. Burnbright.com as well. Thank you guys so much and well, stay nerdy.